Welcome back to another edition of Kresge Talks, a podcast in which I, Isaac Kresge, will take on a new topic in the world of football with every episode. With my mock draft up, I wanted to take an episode to discuss some of this year's NFL draft prospects and their transition to the league. How will each quarterback fare with their projected franchise? Which prospects struggle to make it in the league? And which players excite as rookies? Let's delve into the realm of 2020 NFL rookies and their future successes in the league. Now, before I get into this week's podcast, let's uh, let's take a quick recap of last episode in the mock draft included. At number one, I have Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals. At two, Chase Young to the Washington Redskins. Detroit Lions select Jeff Okuda at third. At four, Jedrick Wills to the New York Giants. At five, Tua Tagovailoa to the Miami Dolphins. At six, Jordan Love, a bit of a surprise there, but falls to the L.A. Chargers. At seven, the Panthers get their guy with Isaiah Simmons. At eight, Derek Brown to the Cardinals. Nine, the Jaguars replace Calais Campbell with Javon Kinlaw to South Carolina. At ten, a bit of a surprise with the fall here, but Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa goes to Cleveland. At eleven, the first receiver off the board, CeeDee Lamb to the Jets. 12, Jerry Judy to the Raiders. 13, Henry Ruggs to the San Francisco 49ers. 14, Tom Brady gets some help with Andrew Thomas out of Houston. 15, CJ Henderson to Denver. 16, Calavian Chasen to Atlanta. Dallas at 17 selects Xavier McKinney. Miami at 18 gets Makai Becton. At 19, Las Vegas gets Yatur Gross Matos. At 20, Christian Fulton to Jacksonville. Philadelphia at 21 selects Kenneth Murray to lead that defense. At 22, T. Higgins to Minnesota. The fall stops at 23 when Justin Herbert falls to the New England Patriots. 24, Cesar Ruiz to New Orleans. 25, Josh Jones to Minnesota. And Miami at 26 selects DeAndre Swift. 27, A.J. Epinesa to Seattle. At 28th overall, Patrick Queen to lead that Baltimore defense. 29th overall, Trevon Diggs to Tennessee. At 30th overall, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers get a new toy in Justin Jefferson out of LSU. At 31, Jordan Elliott replacing DeForest Buckner for the San Francisco 49ers. And to round out the draft, at 32, A.J. Terrell to the Kansas City Chiefs. To kick off, I'd like to briefly introduce my candidates to win this year's Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year awards. So to begin, I'd like to reiterate the favorite, Joe Burrow. The LSU alumni will carry much of his talent and success into Cincinnati and help the Bengals to at least six wins. This may not seem like a lot, but it is great strides in the right direction for the previously struggling Cincinnati organization. Joe Burrow is the clear-cut favorite to win this award for the offensive prospects in this year's draft. Next on my list, Isaiah Simmons, the hybrid defender from Clemson, who I have landing at 7th overall to the Carolina Panthers. I believe Simmons has the natural ability to be a well-rounded athlete and competitor in the league. He'll have the chance to prove his talent to the league by getting to play in the tough NFC South. Simmons will also be provided with several opportunities to make big plays in big games as he'll play marquee matchups against the Packers and Chiefs. I think Simmons has a chance to run away with the defensive side of the Rookie of the Year award this fall. 
Next on my list, Chase Young, the 29 Chuck Bednarik Award winner, who I have going second overall to the Washington Redskins in my mock draft. As I'll get into later in the podcast, I believe that Young has the potential to be very special in this league, especially if put in the right situation. With that, however, I could also see him have a bit of a professional slump against tougher opponents. Despite this, Young has an incredibly high floor, meaning that if underperforming, he will still be a destructive force of nature on the D-line for the Redskins. My second contender to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year is also the second quarterback taken off the board in my mock draft, Tua Tungavailoa. The Alabama star who is known for winning will continue his competitive nature in a weekend AFC East. I believe because of this, Tua's ability to win in the AFC East with the Dolphins roster he will become a premier candidate to lock down the award this season. My final prospect that I believe could be a contender to win the 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year, DeAndre Swift, a projected teammate of Tungavailoa in my mock draft, I believe that Swift could turn around the fortune of Miami's run game in a similar manner to the way Josh Jacobs did for the Raiders this past season. Swift is the best running back in this year's draft in my opinion, I believe he will prove that with the Dolphins this season. So the first guy I had going off my board to the Cincinnati Bengals at first overall was also the first quarterback I had selected in my mock draft. Maybe the consensus first overall selection in this year's draft. It's the man, the myth, the legend, your 2019 national champion and Heisman winning quarterback, Joseph Lee Burrow. Look, I'm going to be very straightforward here. Burrow just had one of the best single season performances we've seen in college football history. Probably even the best. I don't have to look at the stats here because they're just too good to forget, but Burrow threw for 5,600-plus yards, a whopping 60 touchdowns to only six interceptions, and a 76% completion rate. So obviously looking at those numbers, Joe Burrow sticks out as one of the best quarterbacks in this year's draft class, probably the best, but he might even be better than Ohio State teammate from a couple years ago, Chase Young, as the overall top prospect. I recognize numbers don't mean everything, especially considering the transition from college ball to the NFL. We've seen it over and over again, a team taking a prospect early, you know, strictly based off their college tape, and having that prospect turn into a bust. I think guys like Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell easily fit that bill. But I'm going to stand on my soapbox here and say that Joe Burrow is the real deal. Look, I've said it before, I think he's the best quarterback prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck, and we saw how well that turned out for Indianapolis, minus the injury problems. He has a tremendous upside with the ability to compete against the best of the best in the league. That was apparent through his play against Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, and others last season. On top of that, I think Burrow has one of the highest floors in this year's draft class, meaning even if he doesn't pan out as expected, he'll still be a decent quarterback that can win football games. You know, you take a look at the projections and the comparisons made about Burrow to current and former pro quarterbacks, Kurt Warner, Andrew Luck, and ironically enough, Andy Dalton even. Personally, much like Mel Kuyper, I see a lot of resemblance to Tony Romo and Burrow, with just a lot more upside. A poised and extremely intelligent quarterback that's just comfortable with sitting back in the pocket and directing traffic. But when things get messy... He's also able to make plays with his athleticism. We saw that on display in the SEC championship game against Georgia. Overall, I see Joe Burrow being a future All-Pro with perennial Pro Bowl talent. I think if he's drafted by the Bengals as expected, he's put in a good position to compete in the AFC. 
He'll have guys like Joe Mixon. He'll have guys like Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green to ease him into the pace of the NFL while he develops into the NFL version of what we saw from him at LSU over the past few seasons. The Bengals get their franchise quarterback, and Joe Burrow gets the chance to compete again. It's a win-win for both parties involved. At seventh overall, I have Matt Rule selecting Isaiah Simmons, the uh, the Swiss Army Knife defender out of Clemson, rather, to become the new face of the Panthers' defense after the departure of longtime Panthers great Luke Keekley. Simmons will be able to start day one at nearly any position on the Carolina defense as apparent by his play in the college football playoffs this year. If you saw any of it, it was pretty impressive. Simmons creates a tough and versatile identity for the Panthers to pair alongside the dynamic nature of the offense that Christian McCaffrey generates. Taking a look at some of the pre-draft comparisons scouts make about Isaiah Simmons, you see that Simmons stacks up with 2018 Defensive Rookie of the Year winner Darius Leonard. Drawing the comparison due to his stocky and bulked frame that pairs well with his freakish ability to make plays in both the backfield and secondary. Not only will Simmons be one of the safest picks in this year's draft, but because of his tremendous upside at different positions, Simmons could easily become one of, if not the best defensive player in this year's draft class. I believe that Simmons will be not only good, but will be great. He will put that on full display from an early stage in his career, making him a perennial all-pro talent. Now, I recognize this is a lot of praise to be given to a player who hasn't even been drafted, let alone played a single snap of football in the pros. But the natural ability that Simmons possesses to play and excel at multiple positions will define the future of versatile athletes in the NFL. The next prospect I want to discuss, a former teammate of Joe Burrow at Ohio State a couple years back, and possibly the best overall prospect in this year's draft, Chase Young. Uh, In my mock draft, I have Ron Rivera and the Redskins taking the defensive end to help solidify that already strong Washington D-line. Uh, you know, Through every pre-draft source you can find, the long and athletic defender is listed as the top-graded prospect, but does that necessarily translate to the NFL? As I've said a number of times, we've routinely seen the top prospect in a draft not pan out as expected. I believe the same could happen to Chase Young. Uh Chase Young just had one of the best defensive performances we've seen in college football in recent years. That's without a question. But the red flags stand in the way. Uh, Let me preface my argument by saying this. I don't believe that Chase Young will be a bust, but rather he won't be as explosive as some other Ohio State defensive end products we've seen in recent years, notably a Joey Bosa or a Nick Bosa. If you take a look back at the season that Chase Young just had, it's easy to chalk him in wherever in a mock draft. And it'll also be easy for Ron Rivera to pull the trigger on him at second overall. With that being said, it could become very, very likely that Young becomes invisible on an already talented Washington defensive line. We saw that a couple years back where he wasn't explosive when he had Nick Bosa on the same line with him. Review the stat sheet and you'll notice that Chase Young had a majority of his numbers put up against lesser talented programs in college football. That's a Rutgers, a Northwestern, and a Miami of Ohio. However, in later games of the season, particularly the final three, Ohio State played their toughest opponents of the season. They played Michigan, Wisconsin, and Clemson. 
uh, in those three games, Chase Young didn't record a single sack. It was virtually wiped clean of the stat sheet. Uh, I think this could raise some serious and major concerns for teams in the early part of the draft, seeing that Young struggled against more competitive competition, something he will routinely face in the NFL. With that being said, I believe that Chase Young still has an incredibly high floor of potential. And because of that, I see Young having success in this league, just maybe not as much as the Julius Peppers that he's often compared to. I can see Young becoming an 8-10 to 10 sack season pro uh, with the upside of a perennial pro bowler perhaps, but I believe this all hinges on him being put in a solid situation. Uh, I've I've thought that Young could be overshadowed by Kerrigan and Sweat in Washington, but maybe that alleviates some of the double team and attention pressure that Chase Young received in the later end of the season. This could ultimately allow him to be a solid pro prospect. Overall, Young will be a safe pick for Washington if they do decide to go that route, but I think Rivera needs to be aware of the production might not necessarily be the same for Young as it was at Ohio State. Okay, fast forward a couple spots in the draft, and I have Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins landing their franchise quarterback. Hashtag tank for Tua becomes a reality in my mock draft as the Miami Dolphins select the explosive Alabama quarterback prospect Tua Tungabailoa. The question everyone seems to be asking right now, is Tua healthy? You've seen the pre-draft workouts that he's uploaded. You can decide that for yourself, Miami. But for the purpose of this mock draft, I do have the Dolphins selecting Tungavailoa to help them contend in the AFC East. That leads to the next question the Dolphins must ask themselves. Is Tua worth the hype? Will he be successful in the NFL? There's concerns about his durability right now. Concerns about shifting an offense around a left-handed quarterback. Concerns about nearly everything. But an area that there's no concern? Whether or not Tua is talented. At fifth overall, I can see Tungavailoa being both the highest risk pick in the draft while also being one of the highest reward picks in the draft. He's a talented, high dual threat quarterback who's notorious for winning. He has some of the same true natural arm talent that a quarterback like Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes possess. With similar upside, mind you that. I believe with the correct pieces around him, Tua could legitimately become one of the best quarterbacks in the league right away. Even good enough to return Miami to the postseason within his first couple of seasons. Miami has a ton of draft capital in their back pocket next week come this time, including a total of three first-round selections. If the Dolphins do indeed opt in the direction of Tua, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to build around him. Ultimately, adding similar talent around him as he experienced at Bama will bode very successful to the Dolphins. Can see Tua becoming a perennial Pro Bowl talent with Patrick Mahomes-esque upside, as he does have the same capacity to dictate a game through both the talent of his arm and athleticism. I believe he will run newly hired offense coordinator Chan Gailey's offense with efficiency and explosiveness. At 26, I have the Miami Dolphins with yet another projected offensive rookie of the year candidate, DeAndre Swift, the absolute stud running back out of Georgia. You know, coming from a great list of phenomenal and recent UGA running backs, Swift has the potential to be really special for the Miami rushing attack. You know, every pre-draft source that I've taken a look at has Swift ranked as the top running back in this year's class. That's pretty obvious if you got to watch any of his tape at Georgia over the past few seasons. 
Swift has been running through the SEC defenses for a couple of years now, posting back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for the Bulldogs with impressive combination of compact build and speed. Believe that Swift would start immediately for Miami and help reestablish their run game that's seemingly been missing from the AFCs for the past couple of seasons. And though he might not be nearly as dominant in the NFL as he was in college, I believe that he'll still be able to post impressive numbers and make himself into one of the league's best running backs in a yearly Pro Bowl talent. The Dolphins will get a steal at 26 as he makes an immediate impact for the Dolphins and on the league. Now that I've talked about first-rounders in my mock draft poised for success, let's take a look at a couple first-round snubs who may still be on track to develop into the next stars of the NFL. Up first, I have LaVisca Chanel Jr., the Sammy Watkins-esque receiver out of Colorado, and my 32nd ranked prospect on my mock board. You know, Chanel has been the staple of the University of Colorado's football team for the past few seasons as an elite playmaker with standout athletic measurables. Live 2, as he likes to call himself, took the Pac-12 by storm in 2018, posting incredible statistics and becoming the face of Colorado football. I believe if put in the right situation, Chanel could continue to remain extremely productive at the next level in a high-caliber passing offense. Next on my list of first-round snubs from my mock draft, Grant Delpit, the hard-hitting and tough safety from the national champion-winning LSU Tigers. Before sustaining an injury early in the last season that limited him, Delpit was regarded as easily the best safety in college football and was projected to be a lock of the first-round pick. I believe that Delpit can still be a day-one starter for specific teams in the league like a New England or Dallas, but for now, my 34th-ranked prospect remains a snub of my first-round mock draft. My final first-round snub, a prospect we might not see until the third or fourth round of draft weekend, but talented nonetheless. My 67th-ranked prospect and my second-ranked tight end, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. Bryant was actually the highest-graded tight end across the board, according to Pro Football Focus, who specialized in pass catching with his long and athletic frame. Scouts have made the comparison that Bryant is a less aggressive George Kittle, and we all know how that's working out for San Francisco right now. So though Bryant may slip to the third or fourth round, I believe he is still one of the biggest sleepers in this year's draft. 